This is like our version of Judgment Day here. This is uh, the last day for Major League Baseball to sneak in under the tag uh, of the deadline that they self-imposed. Otherwise, opening day ain't happening on March 31st slash April 1st. But that is that. Uh, We're talking about baseball anyways. Just Baseball Show, Jack McMullen, Aram Layton, ringing in the Monday, February 28th vibes. Deadline, what do you think? Well, I tweeted this from the just baseball account, but I was like, basically leave it up to baseball, major league baseball, that is, to basically run into its own self-imposed deadline that now will impact the season. Uh, and I get why they had to set that deadline. There was, you know, television implications, a lot of things. But I just find it funny that the league imposes the deadline and then still doesn't get it done before the deadline. And now here we are. Um, unless something happens. And I wish... Wish I had the uh, optimism that uh, John Heyman seems to have. Yeah, uh, MLB weird. Correspondent, MLB Network correspondent John Heyman has. Uh, he even today, after today, he tweeted again. Could still see a deal get done tomorrow. I'm like, bro, there's no way. No, they could. They could. They 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 theoretically could. They, no, yes. In in practice, they could see a deal get done tomorrow. I could end up on one of the Apollo missions tomorrow, if they wanted to make like Apollo 28, there is a chance that I like make my way down to Cape Canaveral in the afternoon and get on a rocket ship and go to the moon tomorrow. There's a chance. Mm -hmm. You might as well stop actually at Cape Canaveral. Ah, wrong way. I was going to say, but Florida, I mean, they're talking about, I just landed in home in Florida. I'm in Boca Raton. um, And I'm about 40 minutes South of this whole, uh, this whole shit show. Should I go stop by, see what's up? Only if you want to, um, if you feel like you need to continue being a, a content machine, but you were a, a content machine for our friends at eBay this past weekend was, in Atlanta. I, I was. It was a lot of fun. I, no, no baseball guys there. Allegedly, Freddie Freeman was supposed to be there, but, I mean, if you're Freddie Freeman, no shot should you be going to an Atlanta event, a culture collision, which is, you know, it was mostly sports cards, a little bit of shoes as well, like sneakers. I got a chance to interview... Tyrod Taylor, Cortland Sutton, um, who else? Oh, Cordero Patterson, which is really yeah. cool. And then uh, I'm missing one more. Corner, Giants, Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes, who, by the way, was actually the funniest guy by far. So it was really okay. cool. Really appreciate it, eBay for giving me that opportunity. Was not expecting to just rapid fire interview for, for NFL guys. All such nice dudes, though. Uh, I picked up an Alec Thomas, Bowman Cromato, PSA Sweet. 10, and a Josh Lowe out of 150 Bowman Cromato. So I'm happy. Uh, it was a successful weekend all the way around. Um, and, and it was a good time. So now naturally I should just end it with a negative. We talk about the lockout and then tomorrow, maybe I'll go drive, say what's up to Bob Nightingale and yeah. go and uh, you know, go take in absolutely nothing. And I'll tweet first meeting was 18 minutes and then do nothing. And then yeah. they're convening. They go back in. 
Uh, Tony Clark is now walking in a circle. Tony Clark just went like, have you noticed like how weird all like none of it matters? Well, so maybe you could be the one that tweets out that Garrett Cole or Jameson Tyon brought everybody Starbucks. Uh, that was mm. good. This somebody rolled up with the two drink carriers. Oh, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I think they somebody did. tweeted out that Jameson Tyon brought the players associate, like brought all the players to Starbucks. Wait, it wasn't Garrett Cole that brought the Starbucks. It, I don't know. Porsche. It might've been Tyon. In his Porsche. Uh, no, that was Scherzer's Porsche, actually. Oh, Scherzer's Porsche. Yeah. Okay. Cole, I think, just got like a Divi bike or something. <laughs> you remember that stupid ass, uh, that like four wheeler thing that Yoenis Cespedes pulled up to spring training in way back with the mask? Yeah, that was hilarious. That thing's weird, bro. I see people on the highway in, for- in South Florida all the time, and I'm like, dude, you couldn't pay me to whip in on the highway with the drivers out here with that thing. No, hell no. Crazy. I'm just, no. I, every time I see one though, I'm like, is that Yoannis? So I'm weird. I'm not going to cancel my MLB.tv subscription. Um, yeah, I'm not doing that. I, I get the sentiment though. Yeah, I get the sentiment. You know, it auto renews. It's going to renew tomorrow. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are saying, go cancel your ML, MLB.tv subscription. I'm not going to because I like watching archived games. Um, so I'm going to keep it for that sake. If you like watching archived games, I'd highly recommend not deleting your MLB.tv subscription. Also, you know, I don't want to go through the process of unsubscribing than resubscribing. I'd rather just like eat it and, you know, pay pay for the 20 games I might miss. But, um, what we want to do with this one is we kind of want to go through a laundry list of topics here. I compiled, you know, eight or nine news stories from the past, you know, a couple of days, a lot of them lockout related, some of them actually baseball player related. Wouldn't you know, some news is actually coming out about baseball players. Usually it's not good here, um, but we'll just go rapid fire through those and that'll be the pod. Um, it's almost like housekeeping, but I think we're doing a better job of it. So super original name, super original idea. Why don't we call this good housekeeping? I don't think that's taken, right? Sure, I, I guess. Um, but if you title the podcast that no one's going to know what that means. Good housekeeping? Yeah, what, what, what does that mean? If you've seen Step Brothers, you should know what good housekeeping means. I saw that like 10 years ago. No way. Okay. Uh, good housekeeping, great magazine, um, but we're not going to call it that. But we are doing <laughs> some pretty solid housekeeping here. Uh, Storyline well, number one, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say it's, it's so funny because I texted you. The one thing I really wanted to talk about was expanded playoffs. And as I'm in my Uber from the airport, you know, getting back here, uh, I saw Ken Rosenthal tweeted the whole breakdown of like the, the PA's proposal on the yeah, postseason. The, the ghost win. Yeah, I'm so pumped to get to that. I, I know that's one of the topics later, but I just wanted to mention that I'm so glad that after I already said that was the one thing I wanted to talk about, they made it more stupid. Yeah. So we got plenty to talk about there. Perfect. Um. Storyline number one, it was apparently a hostile meeting between players and owners on Saturday. The union apparently presented the owners with an all-encompassing proposal with significant concessions made, and they still got a poor response from the ownership group. Apparently, the Players Association got pissed with the ownership's just body language, uh, and Chelsea Janis of the Washington Post said the players are considering walking away from the table altogether. That's smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's smoke and mirrors. And, and, and honestly, I hope it's smoke and mirrors. I understand the level of like you feel disrespected and, and whatever it is. At the end of the day, that's kind of how it is with your boss, right? I understand and I appreciate fighting for what you want to fight for and you can do that. Um, but you, 
there's always going to be scenarios where you don't like the way your boss talks to you or gestures towards you or whatever. I mean, for the, for the greater good here, you got to swallow that and eat that, right? Swallow your pride and, and just try to find a way to get a deal done. If, they're, if they actually walk away from the table because they didn't like the body language of the owners, and, and like, let's make it clear, we, we've been nothing but unequivocally on the side of the players for, for all of this. But like, come on, swallow your pride. It is what it is. Um, to me, I, if you're going to walk away for that, it's just that's, that's so trivial at this point. Yeah, I understand that, you know, these guys – don't necessarily want to walk away. Um, that's like the last thing they want to do because the reality is they love playing this game and they get paid a shit ton of money to play this game. So if they want to do that. They also don't want the livelihoods of, you know, the Paul Seawalds of the world that is he even arbitration eligible still? I think he's like 28 years old and he's not eligible for arbitration right now. Like that guy needs his MLB paycheck here. A lot of these guys on 40-man rosters need their MLB paycheck, uh, and the MILB paycheck is not doing anything for these minor league players. So you need the money. Um, Fans need baseball, and these communities need baseball as well. They're going to get it at the minor league level regardless, but if you can put the entire talent pool and everybody that can play baseball uh, on baseball fields in 2022, by God, do it, please. I, I'm with you. And by the way, to answer your question, Paul Seawald, he will be a, for the first time in his career, unrestricted free agent in, at age 35 in 2025. Is he in his last year of pre-arb or is this his first year of arbitration? Nope. First year of arbitration. Fuck. Yeah. So he's got arb three, arb four. 2023, 2024, and then and then he finally hits free agency at the ripe age of 35. What a joke! Yeah, what a, you wonder why we go through this shit? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, and and it's almost like you get disincentivized as being one of those guys that stuck it out through the minor leagues for so long, and and stuck it out with the the horrible horrible salary. Um, and then you still are stuck at not being able to get really paid what you're owed uh, until really age 35 in the scenario. But at least because he was so good last year, he'll have a strong arbitration case. Uh, I, I think Spotrack projects him to make 1.75 million, which is right. a nice chunk of change. It's a really yeah. good chunk of change out of the gate. And you assume that, you know, has another big year, it'll get to like two, three, uh, maybe four, five by, by the third year of ARB. Um, but again, he blows his arm out you know, halfway through the season and it's a different story. Um, yeah. So it is, it is really crazy. It's a little, got to be a little bit scary, um, but it's Paul Seawall. It's just another example. It was a Casey Sadler, another one, yeah, uh, another guy that just might not hit free agency ever. They might retire before they're ever free agents and they could have good, great careers. <laughs> like It's just a crazy concept. No. I, when does Mike Yaz hit unrestricted free agency when he's 36? No way. He debuted. I think he debuted when he was 31. No um, way. While you look at that, I am going to fill you in on the next storyline that we want to touch, which is Major League Baseball officially announced the cancellation of spring training games through March 7th. We've been losing spring training days already. Spring training games were supposed to start, I do believe, yesterday, Sunday. Um, but this is just making it harder and harder to visualize a March 31st opening night and an April 1st yeah. true opening day. No, it's not. It's not happening. Um, it's, it's 
<clears throat> this is the first time like you've obviously really heard me say it's not happening. It's been a while since we last talked. Um, I mean, there's still like that miracle hope for, for Monday. I will say that, that on Sunday, that right now as we're recording, there was some progress made. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I don't think that all hope is lost. I, you see people saying like, oh my gosh, they're, they're just never going to play at all. Like they're making incremental progress. But guess what, Jack? If we did this 40 days ago, when MLB said they were going to, when the owner said they were going to give their counter proposal and then just ghosted them uh, for three plus weeks. Oh, actually four. Yeah. No, more, more. Wasn't it like 40 plus days? Um, Whatever was it was, it? it was a long ass time. I want to say it was like 43 days. Damn. And right after just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get you the counter proposal. If we were going back and forth with these incremental, uh, you know, movements closer to the goal, you might be able to actually get there on time. The problem is we delayed this. Now we're seeing that incremental, you know, they're getting a little bit closer, inching there. And now you're, you're working against the timeline. This is, I think, what the owners wanted all along, though, right? They kick the can down the road. They delay it 40 days. And then they go over and say, okay, we're going to impose this deadline. So now the players, when they're trying to push back, they've got this deadline looming that they see and they're heading right for it. And the owners don't really care as much about losing games in the front half as much as they care about expanding the postseason. So for them, it, it was all a leverage tactic. And you know what? It, it's working. It, it is working. I, the players are holding strong, but they've already given a little bit. Uh, it, it was a very obvious play by them. And I really wonder why the players weren't more outspoken during those three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it was like, Hey, come to the table. Let's go. Like there should have been almost a PR smear campaign saying yeah. the owners won't even come to the table. Look at this. What's happening. What's happening. Uh, because it kind of played right into the owner's hands there. I think a little bit. No, I mean, it's obvious and impressive because the owners were able to self manufacture urgency in their opponent in this. Yep which is bizarre. You shouldn't be able to do that ever, but they did. You mentioned that 40-day hiatus. Let's call it 40 days to be round, right? Um, and I don't have the exact number. But 40 days where you take your foot off the gas entirely. And if you don't hear from the other side, like you're just buying yourself more time, more time, more time. And then all of a sudden, you slam your foot on the gas pedal, but like you're just leading them on to think that you, you have your foot on the gas pedal. They don't really have their foot on the gas pedal there. They, they have their motives. They have their numbers that they need to see hit by the other side. The players are going to slowly make their way there, but you created this urgency in the players and you're right. You're stress-free. You don't need to meet this urgency that the players have right now. So yep. you just decided to foster an urgency that you're not feeling and just dish it to your opponent. That's a winning move by the owners. Is it a dog shit move? Is it a crappy, morally bad move? Yes. But is it an it's, impressive move? Yeah. yeah. It's a good play. Rob Manfred's one hell of a freaking attorney, man. Yeah. He's a one hell of a labor attorney. And so is everybody that, I mean, these are a bunch of billionaires that are billionaires for, most of them are billionaires for a good reason being that they know how to navigate. They know how to leverage. And that's exactly what they're doing, right? This is, this is right up their alley. This is yeah. right up their alley. And, it's funny. It was 43 days, by the way, 43. Um, it, I just checked. So it, it, it was one of those things that I think I, I actually spoke to an attorney uh, about this recently that has pretty strong ties just to baseball in general. And, and the thing that he told me was 
basically uh, the, the, the owners, one, of course, don't really, really care about the amount of games that are, that are, that they're missing, but also it's one of those things that he said, why are the players not doing everything in their power to just make it as evident as possible that the owners are, are, you know, negotiating a bad faith. Like now we're seeing them do it in the 11th hour. They did it a little bit earlier. You know, maybe we could have gotten a, a week or two ahead of this. So it is what it is. You know, that's in the rear view at this point. And we, we got to just keep trucking forward. Uh, but I do think that we'll get there. I, I really still don't think we miss more than a couple weeks of the season, which is, which is a travesty. Uh, but I, I still, I'm still pretty optimistic that they're not going to let it get too far beyond that. Yeah. I've, I've had the number at 140. I'm cool sticking at 140. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's about right. You like that number? Um, like that number. Mike Yastrzemski going to hit free agency at 35 years old. Yep. Mike, yes, 35 years old. Storyline number three, MLB owners, according to Jeff Passan, conceded $1 million on the competitive balance tax threshold for 2023. That's the mm-hmm. salary cap, pretty much. That's where the luxury tax comes into play. Um, <laughs> the Players Association and the owners are separated by $30 million at the moment on that number. It was 210 this past season. $210 million was where the luxury tax came into play. Players want that heightened. Owners, if they could lower it to $10 million, I think they all would. Um, I mean... I'll put this into context for you. Yeah. <laughs> the Marlins are probably one of the most poor teams in baseball. They long have been, right? Correct. Changing that by 1 million, changing the CBT by 1 million is, is almost the equivalent of me tossing you a penny and saying, thanks, Jack, appreciate your help. You know, like it's just more of a, of a fuck you than anything. And to put it into context, the poorest team in baseball, arguably – the Miami Marlins when they were still owned by Jeffrey Loria had that travesty of a home run sculpture. You remember that thing? Oh yeah. Homer, the home run sculpture. Mm -hmm. That is $2.5 million. At one point that was, I think it was the third highest paid player on the Marlins that year or fourth. uh, If you want to consider it, it's ridiculous part of the roster. Uh, but I just think it's funny that owners are bumping up the CBT by $1 million and you had the most broke team in baseball throwing $2.5 million at some ugly-ass sculpture that went off when they hit home runs, which was very rarely. You know how much Doug Sherman pays on a yearly basis to keep his yacht running? <laughs> a lot more than a million bucks. $4 million. Yacht, yeah. How much? Four. Four. Yeah, yachts the worst investment in the world. And, and Ever. by the way, they love to talk about how having how having a baseball team is not profitable, which is hilarious because it obviously is one. And <laughs> and two, if, if it wasn't, they would they would show the financials. There's only one team that's able to that we're able to see the financials on. It's the Atlanta Braves because they're publicly owned and you can you have access to that. And they were quite profitable. I know they won the World Series, but they were profitable before that. I'm sorry. Are um, you saying that you want to see somebody in Powers tax returns? Well, that's that was the analogy I was going to get. There we go. It's literally like I am a billionaire, but I will not, and I pay my taxes, but I'm not going to show you my tax returns. Right? That's literally what it is. The owners are saying this is not a profitable venture, but I'm just telling you it isn't, and I'm not going to show it. And the funniest part about it is, okay, if it's not a profitable venture. Why do you own the freaking team? 
the fallback answer could be, and really the only answer to get yourself out of the corner that that question puts you in is I love the game, <laughs> right? That's the only way out. That's the only way out of that corner that that question gets you, right? And the problem with that is if you love the game, why are you so keen on walking it out? So you can't win in, in that argument, right? Like there's, there's no angle where it makes sense from an owner's perspective. I own the team just because I enjoy losing money and bleeding out. I don't even like baseball. Uh, it's just fun to kind of watch myself lose money. Also, right. there is no better place to shelter. And I'm not going to pretend to be like a, like a finance expert, but there's no better place to shelter yourself from like taxes and things like that than owning a, a team <laughs> where you don't have to report much. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, no, it, but it's, it's just so funny to cry poor when you're willingly owning a team, you could sell it in two freaking seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> if it's so bad, right. just sell it. There's a long list of people that will happily buy that for team. more than you bought it for a lot more, a lot, lot more. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just like, Hey, I'm over here hemorrhaging money. And then as soon as somebody says, no, you're not, they go, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't a get short it. Short circuit. Yeah. No, I am. I am. I promise. Oh, show us the numbers. No, 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 no. Trust me. <laughs> Do trust me. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Storyline number four, the players association did bid the super two adieu. There will be no super two in this collective bargaining agreement. Just a quick rundown on the super two again. Typically, you have to accumulate three years of major league service time in order to be eligible for arbitration. Super two allows select players who are between two and three years of MLB service time. So traditionally, it's been the 22 percent of players that have the most service time between two and three years of MLB service time to become eligible for arbitration. So it's this early granted period where you become eligible for arbitration. They wanted to increase that number drastically. They will not get that. Yeah. You know, the, the league kind of said it was a non-starter. Um, so, you know, I can understand the players fighting for that one. Um, I think it's kind of annoying that they said it was a non-starter. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was one that was always kind of a reach. And I think the players knew that. They were kind of throwing it in there to just say. I think they threw that in there to say that, oh, we dropped this. But in the, in the league's eyes, in the owner's eyes, it was never any anything that was going to be dropped because it was a non-starter. Um, so that's part of the reason I think why we're kind of running in place here as well is the players are like, we dropped this. We're making concessions. And the owners were like, this was never happening anyways. Um, so we have different perspectives of what concessions are there. I think the Super 2 thing is extremely complicated. We talked about it in the past, and there's, there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, but I, I do think that at least at, on a very baseline surface level, there's a way to get those guys a few more million kicked to the top performers uh, in that range. And, and I think they'll find a way to do that eventually, but it was just clear that there's too many things on the docket and that one wasn't happening here. Yeah. And it's not, how necessary do you deem it? Like super? No, not, I, I, like I would love to, to solve this one, but again, it's more, it's more layered and nuanced than, than just, Oh, the players deserve more. Like I, I agree, but let's start with upping the minimum salary. Let's start with, you know, maybe trying to crack down on service time manipulation, things like that. Uh, but this is this is really layered and difficult. And I think both sides agree with that. And just trying to find the right way to, to get to the bottom of it, I think would would be something that I don't think we could get done uh, yeah. before the deadline. So I think that was the players also saying, like acknowledging that by dropping it, like this is really complicated. And I, we're just not there yet as a league to, to solve this. Yeah. You know, what we are at apparently. 
uh, a four-team draft lottery at the top, according to Bob Nightingale. Uh, Buster only says his sources don't think that'll have a big impact on stopping tanking. A four-team draft lottery is what is possibly in play right now. The worry there is that the bottom 10 teams will all vie for a bottom four slot. So it just increases the number of teams that are trying to tank to enter this lottery. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think you have a third of the league saying, fuck it. Like, cause that doesn't happen in the NBA either, but the only way in my opinion to incentivize putting an MLB caliber team on the field every night, if you are the worst team in baseball is by implementing a salary floor. That way you have to pay a certain number of dollars to the team you're running out there every single night. If you don't have to do that, and right now you don't have to do that, the Orioles can still run Keegan Aiken out there every fifth day. No disrespect to Keegan Aiken, but he's not a major league caliber starter. He should be pitching for the Norfolk Tides. I actually just pulled uh, I was just opening some new uh, tops 2022 series one and I pulled a Keegan Aiken out of 2022. Um, mm. So it was pretty exciting. Sorry. Um, um, yeah. The bidding starts at $5,000. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I still think a lottery is one. It's just like another spectacle. I think it's fun yeah. Two, it changes things up a little bit. Uh, you, you never know. I talked about like the Zion analogy and what that did for the Pelicans and what it's not doing now is, is a different story, but you know, just how exciting that was. I will say, I, I don't really think that the lottery would disincentivize tanking that much. Cause at the end of the day, these teams don't care that much if they have the fourth pick or the first pick. No. Uh, it, it's not really that big of a deal, especially when you have teams every year under slotting in the top three, it, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, you're still going to get your, your dude, or you're going to get a, a legit impact dude through the first top five picks, whatever it is. I just think it's also hilarious. Didn't it start at like three, the top three teams for the lottery? Wasn't that? Yeah, really? they started at three. <laughs> that's like... dumb. As, what, what are you going to do? A, a two, two team coin flip for the first pick? Well, that's not a lottery. That's just stupid. No, at that point, yeah. it's just. It's, oh, it's, let's flip a coin and see what happens. Like, the, any any lottery that's less than 10 teams to me is stupid. It's yeah. absolutely stupid. No, uh, I mean, I don't think four is enough either. I think we're going to hit a point. No. You know, we're going to implement a four-team lottery. And I think two years from now, somebody's going to say, wait, four teams in this lottery sucks. I hate this. It's and stupid. No, it's better I than nothing, it's, I guess. It's better than nothing. I guess, but like... So 16 NBA teams make the playoffs. 14 are in the lottery. The non-playoff teams are in the lottery. If we've got this expanded postseason, I say the owners want 14, and we'll get to this. Owners want 14. Players are willing to go to 12. But if you do end up having a 14-team postseason, slap the other 16 in the lottery and let it play out. I agree. I agree. And and I'm excited to get into like the postseason side of things too because – I have a big problem with how big the playoffs are in the NBA. More teams are like eligible to, to sneak in. The one eight blows the one eight and the two seven just. Oh my gosh. Is it stupid? It's so stupid. And I'll be honest. I don't even understand the full depth of what major league baseball and MLBPA proposed. Um, It didn't really make any sense to me. The ghost win. I know. I know how it works. It's so dumb to me, um, but I, I just think we're overcomplicating something that does not need to be overcomplicated. I, but I agree. Like any team that's not in the postseason, make them 
a lottery team. It's yeah. pretty simple. Like NBA has it right there. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Leave it at that. You can heavily skew the percentages still in favor of the, the bottom five teams. But at the end of the day, if you have a lottery for four teams, that's eyewash. That's not doing anything. It's it total actually will not, will not change anything whatsoever as it pertains to building a competitive team. Uh, yeah. The only way, like you said, to do that is a salary floor. Or if you want to try something, you got to fully commit to the to the uh, lottery system. You can't do a fraction of a lottery. Yeah, hundred percent. Like there's no there's no dipping your toes in the water here, especially when no. you have work stoppage right now. I mean, just fully dive in, even if it's freezing cold. Just go head first, and like it's going to warm up eventually. Now we get to the expanded postseason talk. Aram, this is your time to shine, man. The owners want a 14-team expanded postseason. Players have countered with 12 teams in. Um, that's from Evan Drellich of The Athletic. It's currently at 10. We know the current setup here, the three divisional winners, and then two wildcard teams in each league. They play a wildcard What's wrong card with game. that? I What's don't wrong know. With that? I don't know. I think it's freaking perfect. But here's the thing. Here's what the owners want. And I took off my glasses for effect here. For those of you listening, I had my glasses on. I rip them off my face. And now I stare deep into the camera here. And I say more playoff games equals more eyeballs on your game that are not on your game during the regular season. In turn, that creates more money for you on a per game basis. Correct. The more high leverage postseason games you play, the more money Major League Baseball will get. Not the regional TV markets, because those are not the ones that are televising the games. It is the nationally televised games. ESPN, TBS, Fox. Those are the channels that are putting out professional baseball postseason games that money goes to the national networks and it goes to major league baseball. They just want more money with more yeah. postseason games. And, and I don't think the players care that much about the postseason structure. They just know that it's one of the big, you know, leverage points for them. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think they want it to be some total mockery. Uh, you know, there, there's some weird things to it. I, I really just, to me, and this is coming from a guy who grew up a Marlins fan again and saw his team finish under 500 every single year from 2000 and after 2009, right? It, it, and I'm not counting 2020. The point being, I want, it, I want it to be impactful when my favorite team makes the playoffs. I don't want it to be this eight seed Wizards, you know, like the, or the Wizards with Russell Westbrook last year sneaking into the play, playing game, Russ, Russ and Beal. Uh, yeah. going crazy in the second half and sneaking in just to get knocked around and, and ultimately not, not go anywhere. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're saturating your, your dilute, excuse me, not the opposite. You're diluting the playoffs. It just, it makes it just totally lame. In my opinion, I, the only thing I would do to add more games, make the wild card game, a best of three. You, you add two more games on both sides, potentially. Uh, at least you're adding two games total on each side. I know that's not what they want. I know they want more teams in there. But why not just make the wild card game a best of three? You still have that level of desperation. Um, the most I, I would be interested in, maybe, 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 is like a round, like a round robin type of approach. Maybe you have three teams in that wild card range and it's a double elimination, maybe something like that. But other than that, I just I just don't know if I totally understand or, or really can get around to to what this is, because at the end of the day, Nobody has ever complained about baseball's postseason structure, really. They already added to it with the wild card, then they added to it again 
by making the wild card a two team one game playoff instead of just you know one team gets in as the wild card i what else do we need here i, I don't want to get to a point where half the league is making the playoffs basketball is like that and it's one of my least favorite things about the sport and i love basketball yeah and i don't watch hockey um like at all but i know that hockey does that too and the first round of hockey just like kind of sucks too um here's what i'll say i am actually anti the three game wild card series because i love the one game wild card I'm a massive fan of that. And I know that a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases that have had teams in that wild card format say, Oh my God, I hate it. It's one game. You know, the, the best team doesn't always win in one game. I'm like, okay, yeah. But the spectacle of having a one game playoff is amazing. I love yeah. those games. No, it is great. But I still think you have that level of desperation in a three game set. It's not quite the same, obviously. But, excuse me, I, I just think there's a level of one call ends your season, one little thing ends your season. I don't love that. I yeah. totally get where you're coming from, though. I mean, that was some of the best – that was some of the best cinema that we had, right, all Amazing. year. That, that, that Dodgers-Cardinals game was, was, you know, was just spectacular. I couldn't wait to record after, even though we were half asleep. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really, really, really good theater. But at the same time – if we're looking to expand it, I just don't like the leagues or the players association proposal was, okay, you get a ghost win, which I think is something they either do in the Japanese league or is it in the NPB? I think it's NPB actually. I don't know. Walk me through what it is. NPB <clears throat> is the Japanese league. Nippon professional baseball is the league. Of okay. Japan. That's so Korean league is what? KBO. KBO. I knew that. Okay. So basically it would be like best of three and the better, the better seed starts up one zero, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So basically the team that already was at a natural disadvantage because they're not as good has to win back-to-back games to take down the top seed. It's almost like we're just wasting our time here. Yes. What's the point? Uh, that, that's when I really don't get. And that was from the players. And this is the Ken Rosenthal tweet, by the way. Union proposed, quote, ghost win in a 12-team format and floated same idea in a 14-team plan, sources say. In the best or in best two of three wild card round, other two division winners would start with one game advantage while playing entire series at home. So they get the whole series at home too. League not receptive thus far. Also really funny, did not realize because I tweeted this in the Uber. I just saw the tweet and responded. I guess it was like right after he tweeted it, Ken Rosenthal. And I just said, seems like we're overthinking this one a little bit. <laughs> and that reply got 313 likes and counting. Um, so I think people people agree. Like it's it's just it's a little much here. Um, I, there's no way in one of our leagues uh, should we have like a a ghost win. You're gonna see oh the Yankees up one zero in the series. You're like oh who went in the first game? Nobody. <laughs> They're just up one zero because yeah. they finished better in the regular season. I get it. You don't, you want to give an advantage to the teams that performed better in the 162 game marathon or 140 game marathon. Yeah. But this is just a ridiculous disadvantage. You've seen the statistics of even in a seven game set, when you lose game one, what it does to you and the three game set, when you lose game one, I mean, you've probably got what a 20% chance. And now both games are on the road, knock that down to 10, 15. And then you're the inferior team. I think we'd see one out of 20 teams really pull this off. I, I really don't think it'd be much better than that. Yeah. I love you flexing the shit out of the numbies there. Like, Oh yeah. You know, 
easy 300 likes on that. No biggie. Um, 17 now as, as, as we've already continued to talk, you are a numby wizard, man. Um, yeah, you know, it, it almost feels like when you add more frills to the three point shootout, um, where, you know, instead of the money ball, like you just had, you know, a bunch of basketballs, go shoot them. Whoever makes the most wins. Then you add the money ball to the end of the rack. Right. And you've got one that counts as two buckets. And then now you've got like a money rack where all like you can pick a certain rack out of five where they all count as two points. And then you've got these like weird logo shots extended on the wing here. And you've got the money rack. Like they keep adding things to make it more complex to the point where they have to create a full screen graphic to explain the three point shootout to you now, which, in which 2022. is which it actually should be described by the title three point yeah. shootout. You should know everything you need to know. Most threes wins like let's most threes win like that. You don't That's need it. weird money balls in the Mountain Dew neon ball that you shoot from like, you know, the logo or some shit. But that's where we're headed with this ghost win shit. Yeah, I'm good. And I will say baseball did one good thing. I did like the the clock component to uh, the, the derby. derby. Yeah, that was a good change. I will I will I will tip the cap on that one because Alex was stupid. Alex was stupid. Uh, but on the flip side, I guess to wrap up on the playoffs thing, what is a better option, right? Like, what is a better option for the postseason? Like, it seems like the league is, is it the same. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But that that doesn't seem like that's in the cards. Um, what's a better alternative? To me, it's either. Uh, and again, I might hate this idea by the time I listen to the podcast again tomorrow. But but round robin something of the three teams double elimination, or kind of the way the NBA has it. I hate it in the NBA, but. They already because that's that's because they already have eight teams in the playoffs in both leagues. They already have more teams in the playoffs than they than not. In this scenario, there would still be less teams in the playoffs than teams that you know are aren't aren't in it. Like you still, it's still a minority. So I'm okay with it in that context, if that makes sense. It's hard. Okay, hear me out on this. I'm gonna hate this. I can already tell. A hypothetical with twelve or fourteen. What do you want? Because I could expand it. 12 is enough let's go 12 let's go 12 okay so that means six from each league the three division winners three wild cards first wild card has a bye second and third wild card have a one game playoff winner of the second and third wild card go to the first place wild card for a three game series best out of three and then that team sees the division winner the best you team want your, you want your desperation one game so bad i want my one game so bad and if you I, want to make it lower scale like if you want to make it you know the, no. the worst teams go ahead i like it i can't lie i like that that's pretty fire kinda right am i driving to jupiter tomorrow and just like having a sign with that here's, here's what jack thought of <laughs> check this out no i'm taking credit for it I'm just gonna say, here's my idea. Um, no, I, that's actually a good idea. I like that. You get the one game desperation and then you get a three game set where anything can happen. You had two other teams that got that playoff exposure that wouldn't have got it, or at least one of them wouldn't have got it. Um, and you're squeezing out potentially six more playoff games. A minimum would it be right. It would be one and one and then two and two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your, your minimum getting, six more playoff games and you could get up to eight. I mean, that's, that's a lot. 
That's a lot of money that you're squeezing out there. I think I just cracked the code. Boom. There we go. Yeah, but that's too logical. So it's, it's not good yeah. enough. No, you it's, it's not going to happen. Some crazy, what are we going to do about the ghost one? How do, how, where does the ghost one fit in? Yeah, I forgot that we had, do we add a ghost one to the World Series too? Maybe the team yes. that wins the All-Star game. Maybe we make the All-Star game matter again. So the team, the the league that wins the All-Star game gets the ghost win ghost, in the World Series. Ghost win in the World Series, but you can redeem the ghost win whenever you want. It's not, you could redeem the For ghost win. For a plush win toy and 50 tokens? Yeah, like when you're down 2-0, you can redeem Ghost Wind and oh, skip. Perfect. So if it's like if it's if it's a two-three-two format, you can redeem your ghost win when it's supposed to be a road game. They lose the home game, the opponent does, and, and now it's two one and you keep going. So you get to use the ghost win whenever you want. Okay, but only if it actually looks like a raffle ticket. Like only if you're <laughs> handed a raffle ticket at the all-star game and you have to hold on to it until the World Series. And and they don't decide until for like first pitch is about to happen. So the, the stadium's packed, right? And the owner throws out his challenge, or the owner, no, screw the owner. The, the manager the throws out his challenge flag. Like imagine Tom, like Tony Larusa is throwing out a red challenge flag, and he's saying, "Ghost win, we want everybody it. <laughs> pack it in. We're going home. Sorry, fans, it's over. Uh, ghost win time, and it's two one. Fans go wild because they got to win. Well, no, it's actually a road game, so fans live it. They yeah, lost a game it. without seeing a pitch, but you know what? And that's an element of surprise to the sport. And you know, we needed, we needed to be more interesting. Boom. I, I think, I think that Rob Manfred would be more receptive to that. I think because okay. it does two things. It does two things. It destroys the sport and it makes no sense. Rob Manfred would love that. Yeah. hundred percent. He, I think he would love that. Yeah. Last thought on the lockout last storyline here. John Heyman apparently has a source that said both sides are within striking distance. He said that uh, later yesterday morning and a deal could be done by tonight, which is the deadline. Ben Nicholson Smith of Sportsnet said he's heard that report is, quote, beyond absurd by someone close to the players. We need to spend about zero time on this. Come on, John. MLB MLB Network correspondent John Heyman. Come on, John. Let's be better here. No longer MLB correspondent uh, Ken Rosenthal has some more, I think, uh, I would say, what would the word be? Realism? Uh, yeah, I would just say more valid thoughts. I also, <laughs> total, total subject change, but I just got a tweet at me that just, we can tease the call up tomorrow tomorrow yeah. as well, or I guess today as people are listening to it. It's got a, George Valera has Juan Soto vibes to me. And it's a top 10 prospect in the entire MLB. Also, no. Jose Tena is massively underrated and is their second best prospect, probably top 30 in MLB. Okay. Arius so, Rocchio, more back end of the top 100. Okay. So, uh, no to Valera. Yes to the first part of Tena. No to second and third part of Tena. And then yes to uh, Rocchio and Arias. Yeah, so we're talking about the Cleveland Guardians uh, in tomorrow's episode. Or uh, gosh, I keep saying tomorrow. Today. Today's episode of the call up. It'll be out by the time you're listening to this, most likely. Yeah. Um, that that won't be what what is the deal with us. But I just thought that was crazy. I couldn't I couldn't not mention that. Uh, Juan Soto vibes from George Valera. No, I love George Valera, but geez. there's no Soto vibes there. It, and also vibes. Jose Tena being a top, a top 30, thirty prospect. Yeah, no. Like really good. I really enjoy Tana. He's a great player. He's very fine. He's very fine. Very fine. Um, let's go yeah, rapid sorry fire. For the, sorry for the deterrence there. I You're just, good. That, that popped up and I was like, okay. 
No, you're good. Uh, let's go rapid fire through this one. Apparently, the Yankees called on Correa before the lockout. That's also from MLB Network correspondent John Heyman. John also says he needs more money than Seager. So Correa, I think, is going to be looking at 330 or higher. Seager got 325. Um, let's go through the list here of teams that Heyman said are in play for Correa at 330 or more, and we just go yes or no. Cool? Yeah. Yankees. Of always, always a possibility. Yes. Atlanta. No. No, I agree. Just stick with Swanson. If you're not going to pay Freddie Freeman and you play pay Carlos Correa, what are you doing? Yeah, kind of weird, right? But if they don't pay Freeman, could you see a world where they just pay Correa? That I think that makes it even, almost look worse. Makes you look worse. I think so. I think fans would weirdly be more pissed. It's weird and backwards as that sounds. Uh, yes, of course, they're going to be happy that they got Correa, but it would make it even less justifiable that you let the franchise face for the last decade plus and a guy that, you know, is bound for the Hall of Fame and just won a World Series yeah. not stick for your roster. To your no, roster. you lost your hero and signed a villain. Um, right. Cubs, yes. Yes. Dodgers. Uh, always a possibility, but I don't get it. But they've got Trey Turner. Yeah, no, again, always a possibility, but I don't get it. Uh, Angels. No, I'd like it. I'd really like it for them. I'd like it. I'd like it. But but here, here's my here's my angle on this. Perry Manassian inherited a mess. Inherited a mess of contracts. He got. He didn't even get out from the Pujols contract. Literally just got him off the roster. Yeah. Justin Upton's contract is over after this coming season. Uh, it's been a financial mishap there for a while. And, and I mean, Rendon's contract is, I think he's going to be better next year, but still looks like a pain in the ass. I just don't know if I could see the angels committing 10 plus years to somebody again. And uh, I I feel like Manassian doesn't want to go down that same road as previous regime who was in charge. Uh, I would see if they're going to do anything, I could see them going short term with story more. So I just don't think they have that money. Yeah, fair. I, and you also have to stockpile your cash for Shohei. Correct. Correct. So Shohei's off the book soon. Uh, Houston. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I don't think they can pay him that money, but yeah, why not? Uh, Toronto. Heyman said Toronto. Like, no. I think Toronto's starting to get in that range where they're kind of, they can do some crazy stuff. Bo Bichette's a terrible defender. Um, they don't have a clear cut third baseman. Could there be a weird world where they catch us all by surprise and they put Bichette at third and Correa at short. Yeah, I guess. Huh. Think about this. Think about this. Bichette's under control. Vladdy's under control. Manoa's under control. Uh, Guriel's under control. They already paid Springer. Teoscar. He's not, he, he's not out of, you know, he's not the most expensive guy in the world. Teoscar's under control. They could they could do something here where maybe they front loaded even, which is crazy yeah. to say. Um, and I think Correa would prefer that anyways. Front load it with deferrals. I'm gonna say weirdly that they could surprise us here. I, I'm, I, I'm just just to just to stir stir the pot a little bit. I, I think Bichette's defense is is a liability, and that left side of the infield that whole team would be so sick. So sick. I mean, and and you've got that rotation with Barrios, Gosman, who are both signed long term now. Manoa is under a ton is, of control. 
and both not like egregious contracts. No, right? so, Gosman's five years, one ten, and then Barrios is seven, one thirty-one. Yeah, it's it's really not bad. I think they could they could put themselves in a place here where they're like, eh, I think we can make this work. Yeah, um, Detroit somehow floated by John Heyman for Carlos Correa. Oh, oh, and sorry, Randall Grichuk in his fifteen to yeah, eighteen million will be off the books too. So I mean, yeah, there, right. there's some money there. There's some money there. What was the other one you just said? Detroit. What? They just signed that, Baez. That ship sailed. That ship sailed. Yeah. Uh, San Diego. No. No. Why the, why the hell? It, it, they, they've got two guys in line there. They, like Tatis, we were saying like Abrams could even play short. Like, and it, Machado no. could play short. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, we're good. We're good. No shit. Uh, St. Louis. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't drop the bag like that, though. They wouldn't drop the bag like that, but but – you never know, I guess. Yeah. Goldschmidt, then, Goldschmidt will be off. The book's uh-huh. not too long from now. Um, Wayno retiring. They cleared up 20 million from Carlos Martinez. Uh, Yachty retiring is another. They're clearing up about like 40, 50 mil. They cleared Andrew Mill, uh, Andrew Miller too, which is Clear 15. that off. Miles yep. um, Michaelis and his 13 million. And this is all off the top of my head, but I think he's 13 to 15 million. He might even be 16. Uh, so, I mean, they're clearing up about 40 to 50 mil. I, I wouldn't rule it out. You go trade Paul DeYoung, it's another 6 million to clear up. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I really wouldn't. That'd be freaking sweet. I would love it. And speaking of controllable, that outfield, you're not, you don't have to worry about paying that outfield for a minute. No, dude. I mean, think about that. Think about that defense. Yachty at catcher, Goldschmidt at first, Edmund at second, Correa at short, Arenado at third, and then the outfield from left to right is O'Neill, Bader, Carlson. It's the best. That's the best defensive team of all time. It's eight gold gloves right there. Wayno on the mound. Oh god, oh, this is crazy. That's the best defense ever. I I think that could tantalize them enough to to do it. God, that would be cool. Commitment of the brand. Uh, and then last one that Heyman floated was Boston. It doesn't seem like a high and bloom move to me. No, um, it just doesn't. I will say though, I mean who. We know Xander Bogart sucks at defense. Um, who, who's their heir apparent at shortstop outside of Marcelo Mayer, who's four years away? But are you going to block Mayer for the next decade? No. It doesn't really make sense. No, uh, I'd say story Bogart, makes a ton of sense. Story makes a ton of sense. You sign him to a four year, five year deal, and then boom. Um, but story was also supposed to be the stopgap for Brendan Rodgers here. And, you know, now Brendan Rodgers is going to get his, uh, his say in Colorado too. So, um, Last thing that I want to wrap up on Josh young out for six months. Young was an exciting piece. And I thought could really be the opening day third baseman for the Rangers Uh, tore his labrum in his left shoulder. He has a righty bat. So that's his lead shoulder six months before he can even be cleared to DH. Apparently. What do you think? Sucks. It absolutely sucks. I, I know a few guys, a few baseball players that have dealt with this one. And, uh, you know, they, they say it really kind of messes with your swing, with that lead shoulder, just kind of getting slotted, getting the right spot. I think we talked about it with Bellinger. Yeah. Um, I hope, I hope he's, I hope he's good. Um, I hope, I hope he can turn around and come back. He's one of my, you know, favorite prospects just because of his ability, you know, any, any prospect that has bat to ball and power, it's just, you know, it's hard not to like those guys. Um, I also like him because he talks to himself in the batter's box. Um, my buddies in Duke played them in the super regional uh, a few years back. And they're like, dude, he like, he like mutters to himself, like really intensely in the box. I'm like, this guy's a psycho. I freaking love yeah, it. Yeah. Kind of love um, that. So he's, he's like got all the, all, all of it. Look, it, it's a detour. 
it's a detour. It's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, I mean, this guy's going to have a great career. I really think so. Um, and the good news for the Rangers is okay. It's a drop-off, but they have some infield depth. And I think Isaiah kind of for can play third base. Uh, yeah. He'll play some great third base. He won't give you the offense that you're hoping for, but he can hold it down. Uh, but I am looking forward to an infield where you have young Seager, Semyon, Lowe. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that would be pretty fun. So it sucks. Um, he's still going to be a top 15, top 20 prospect minimum, probably, probably yeah. better than that for us in, in the update. I'm not going to let the injury dock that. Um, yeah. And uh, we wish him a speedy recovery, man. At least it's not his throwing shoulder I, because the defense at third is actually, actually pretty good. Yeah, hundred percent. And Tanner Falefa, um, Yanni Hernandez, and then Nick Solak can like fill the gap for Young at third while he's out. But uh, Young's better than all three of those guys. I wonder if they go out and get somebody. I'm not saying go get some game changer, but yeah, like a Michael Franco or something. Yeah, I think he got picked up by somebody. Did he? The third base market is not good right now. Maybe like, they trade for Brian Anderson. Oh, maybe. How about that? Um, Call up, listen today, Aram and I go over the Cleveland Guardian system. It's the deepest system in baseball. I think no it's doubt. the second best system in baseball behind Seattle. Yeah, I'll, I'm there with you. Like the Rays, the Rays are, you know, you can make the Rays case because they're, it's funny. You have Seattle, which is, is, is deep, of course, but it's really the, it's the elite talent at the top that makes it so good. Then you have the Rays, which is, has some elite talent at the top, is a little bit deeper. And then, I'd, th- I'd say they're kind of between uh, the Guardians and um, and the Mariners in terms of the way they're structured. The Guardians are as deep as it gets. I mean, 20 guys that are, like, worth mentioning and following and, like, could legit be impact big leaguers. Um, they don't have the elite, elite talent at the top that the Mariners have, but, I mean, it's 20 deep of just good, good prospects. So really excited uh, for, for everybody to check that out because I think it's a – a really, really fun episode to just get into all of those names. And for whatever reason, I don't know why they don't get enough. They don't get enough attention. On a lot of those guardians prospects. I don't know what it is. Cause they're all freaking young. They're all like 20 years old, 21 years yeah. old, but they will get their roses when they get up to double a triple a, and they'll be there in 2022. He's Aram. I'm Jack. That episode where we break down the guardians top 10 is over at the call up. Peter and I will talk to you on the just baseball show tomorrow.